Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Armor Report, guys. It's December 2nd. Thanks for joining me. I'm Brett Rosenthal, your host. This is a show about what I call quantum mental investing. That's a show about stock market investing for those of you who are new. Armor stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. Everything begins and ends on this show with managing our risk. Now, I'm going to share with you information I use in my own portfolio and for clients that I manage money for, all of which is managed through our interactive brokers relationship. It's a live trading desk. I'm giving you a live look in. I've got screens all around me. I'm active both on a day trading level and on a long-term investing level. So we carry the whole process. Quantum mental investing is about combining the power of AI and computer learning for execution purposes with the fundamental foundation of research. And that's how we create our information edge. And it's what I try to share with you. Ground rules as usual. I don't know you, so I'm not telling you what to buy. Please don't listen to this show and then run out and, uh, uh, and execute based on it. You need to do your own thought process, primarily starting with what's your risk tolerance, what your allocation should be, when you're taking risk. And these are things I can't answer since I don't know you. But what I will do is share with you 30 years of experience managing my own assets and managing money. And so today we're going to um, jump into a couple of thoughts. I want to share with you what I usually do in December to set myself up for a good January. So we're going to discuss that a little bit. I'm going to hop onto the cannabis couch it's our favorite investment theme, and it's been the worst place to have money this year. We're going to discuss how we're handling the last month of the year on our trading desk and in my portfolio uh, and go over uh, the issue with the FDA um, CBD announcement last week and how we see that effect in our portfolio. Okay? And then um, – I do want to talk about, um, I guess I'll start with stock market direction because here we are right near the highs and the market's getting whacked on the first day of the month. So I want to just refresh your memory on what drives the market long term. So we're going to discuss all those topics. If you have any questions, as always, just go ahead and type it in during the discussion and I'll try to get to it before the end of the show and answer any questions you may have. All right. Um, step one, I always say I want to get myself on the right side of probabilities and statistics when I'm putting money to work. That's where our algorithms come in. That's where computer learning comes in. We want the reward to be worth the risk when we're committing new capital. So markets trading at its highs 
you could pretty much figure that the reward from here is not worth the risk for me to commit new capital. A couple months ago, we told you our algorithms had opened the door for us to put capital to work. And so we did. We put some capital to work. And I told you we were focusing on big cap dividend payers. And I shared with you, for instance, we were buying Disney, right? So we've all gone over that. If you want to know more about that, take a look at last week. Take a look at last week's calls. I went over it in detail why we were buying Disney as rule number two of how we put capital to work long term on this desk. So when we look at the algorithms and we have uh, algorithms designed to help us find the entries and exits into the market for the top indexes that we determine kind of drives all of our risk. That's the S&P, the Dow, the NASDAQ 100, the small cap index, the IBD 50, the momentum index, and the value index. Those seven help guide our capital commitments. And so they've been in um, a bit of disarray. The biggest indexes have been telling us put money to work. And that's why we're focusing on the big cap blue chip names and dividend pairs. The underlying indexes have not really confirmed. But of course, in the last couple of weeks, we saw confirmation. And I told you last week, excuse me, for those of you who follow this, I explained in my aggressive accounts where we have the most dollars committed, I'm hedging a little, shorting the small cap index. Obviously, our stop there was tight, and I explained to you when we took out the highs of the, the uh, um, small cap index, we were covering that short and letting the market go. So no commitment short right now, going into the last month of the year. Um, enjoying a rise in our big cap names and still doing research, looking for new places to put capital whenever the market has its next sell-off. On this desk, we try to buy weakness and we like to sell into strength. There's a time to commit capital and it's when it doesn't feel good and when the market's down and when fear is at its worst and that's when we look to commit capital. Right now, end of a great year. Everyone's having lots of fun. No one's afraid of the market. Nothing wrong with riding our winners, but you're not going to see me commit new capital. Okay. <clears throat> Moving on. Let's look at the cannabis couch. Well, before I get there, let me just say this. What drives the market over a long period of time, not the day-to-day -day fluctuations, certainly this year was chock full of wicked sell-offs that made it very difficult to run money this year unless you just ran stupid money and bought the S&P and didn't think about it. And when the market dropped 15 20% in a three- or four-week period, you just went out and played golf and didn't care. Then at the end of the year, you had a great year. If you were trying to manage your risk throughout the year. This was a very tough year because you would get a Trump tweet and the whole market would implode. And obviously if you're using stops, you're raising cash and the market resets and rips higher again. Why did it rip higher all year long? There's only one issue you have to follow 
you as a long-term investor, not a trader. If you're a guy who can handle volatile swings and not care what happens to your net worth, and you're just holding positions, there's only one thing you got to care about. And that's what the Fed's doing. We all know this. I'm not telling you something um, new here. I wouldn't call this a stock market secret. Everybody knows you follow what the Fed's doing. So there might be massive volatility around an uptrend when the Fed's adding liquidity. The Fed's been cutting rates this year and adding liquidity. Last year, the market had a down year, some cases a terrible year. Uh, and the reason was the Fed was raising interest rates and reducing liquidity. Market doesn't like that. So the market plummeted in the fourth quarter of last year, and the Fed succumbed to the pressure and started cutting rates in January, and the market really ripped higher all year because the Fed kept adding liquidity and cutting rates. So the only piece of information I would share with you today that really matters long-term is that the Fed just came out today and reiterated their easy policy by suggesting that they may up their target on inflation above 2%. It's a subtle way of saying to the market, we are not raising rates anytime soon. It's a subtle way of saying to the market, we may do some things to pump more liquidity into the system because we want inflation to go above 2%. The Fed's target's always been 2%. They came out today and said, we're, we're thinking about raising that target and letting inflation go above 2%. And the only way they're going to get that to happen is by injecting more capital into the system. So that's the one piece of information you have to know. If your portfolio is full, like ours is, of dividend-paying stocks, they should trend higher as the Fed is injecting liquidity and trying to get the inflation rate above 2%. That doesn't mean there won't be sell-offs. doesn't mean the market won't get whacked for a month or two because who knows what happens to President Trump. But the bottom line is if the Fed keeps adding liquidity and keeps making statements like this about let's have inflation above 2%, all these things just drive a stock market higher. Reason? There's nowhere else to go with the money. Now, I'm talking big picture, guys. I'm talking big picture. I'm not talking about day-to-day -day volatility or even week-to-week -week volatility, okay? Certainly somewhere in here, there's going to be a nasty sell-off for three or four weeks for whatever reason. I would suggest to you it's just simply the market moving back to the mean, right? Right now, it's probably too many standard deviations above the mean. And so there'll be some piece of news somewhere that wrecks confidence for a week or two. But if the Fed keeps injecting capital like this, the market goes higher. Okay? Now, let's move on to the cannabis couch. I've had questions about Charlotte's Web, so I want to address them here right now. I want to reiterate what I've been saying all year in the cannabis space. I love the cannabis investing theme. 
I think there are going to be some big winners in this theme over the next three to five to ten years. This year wasn't one of them. A lot of analysts got it incredibly wrong. Heck, I got it wrong, but I used stop losses. So my net worth didn't suffer. And I told you that every single time on this show, when I'm increasing positions in cannabis, looking for a bottom, I'm using stops, and they're usually pretty tight. I will not ride a stock down just because I think it's the greatest idea in the world. What I think means zero to the stock market. And if I force my will on the market, I'll be carried out on a gurney. So, do I like Charlotte's Web? Yeah. Do I like what the FDA said last week? No. No, I don't. They came out with a letter. They sent 15 more letters to um, kind of like cease and desist orders. Not really, but they sent out 15 more letters to um, CBD companies that were selling products saying it does things that they can't um, confidently say. Nobody's done testing to prove it. So they want those companies to take those products either off the market or relabel. Um, the biggest issue for CBD is that the Fed has not created guidelines for ingestibles. And the comments last week were not encouraging. Now, all I care about is the reaction to the news, not the news. So if the comments were not encouraging, which is negative news, and the stocks hold above their lows and then trend higher, making higher lows, then I'll say to you, I don't care what the Fed said last week. I mean, not the Fed, excuse me, the FDA. So it all comes down to that for me. I didn't like what they said, but if I read through the lines of what the FDA is saying, there's really only one issue that comes out that's a little confusing and, and disturbing. They list a whole bunch of problems with the CBD ingestible market right now, which I love. I think they have to clean it up. I think they have to get rid of people labeling products that CBD cures all kinds of diseases when nobody knows that it does. I think it's very beneficial to Charlotte's Web if they blow out a bunch, the FDA raises standards and blows out a bunch of snake oil salesmen. That's going to be a good thing for the industry, good for Charlotte's Web, who's the gold standard. So the only issue that would be concerning is that it seemed like the Fed said, no, excuse me, the FDA said that they're considering um, if there's going to be an ingestible, you first have to run studies to prove that um, what the interaction is with other drugs, to prove that it doesn't cause liver damage over time, all these things. So if what the FDA said last week is that in order to have an ingestible at all, you have to do FDA-type trials to prove safety, then we've got a problem in the space. I can't believe they're going to do that. I, I just, To me, the cat's out of the bag. There's massive amounts of products on the shelf. I, I just can't believe the FDA is going to come out and say, you can't sell any of it. 
I still believe what they're going to say is you have to put warning on the label that none of this is proven. You have to put a warning on the label that says we don't know what the side effects or the risks are. And you probably have to put on the label, you know, um, what the, the lowest dosage that might affect a person. Well, if you don't know Charlotte's Web yet, go to uh, their website, go to their products. You will see, for instance, their gummies. Nowhere on that packaging does it say in big letters, CBD, cures sleeplessness. I mean, it doesn't say that anywhere. It says hemp oil extract. It recommends the smallest doses of CBD. I called the company up to, to discuss packaging with them. I wanted to know why would they recommend such a tiny dose? It doesn't make any sense to me. They say they believe that the FDA will rule. They believe that the correct thing to do as an industry leader, which they are, is to, is to put out their product and suggest the smallest possible dosage that may have an effect. If somebody wants to increase the dosage, go ahead. So if you look at the labeling of Charlotte's Web, I believe that's going to be the labeling that the FDA signs off on and says that's the way you have to sell the product. I don't know that, though. And if you read the comments of the FDA, I didn't like that they called out liver issues. Now, I think it's kind of a little ridiculous. We've seen epidiolex from GW Pharmaceuticals that's gone through all kinds of trials, and there are liver issues at extreme doses of CBD, extreme. So would the FDA really say you can't sell a product recommending 5 or 10 milligrams of CBD? I, 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 that'd be absurd. But hey, man, government could do anything, and most of the time they do absurd things. Just look at California. Don't get me off on that rant. Okay? So to wrap up this thought, it was a disturbing letter. And so these stocks are going back down towards their lows. Now let's go look. I'm going to share the screen with you of MJ. Okay? I just put there a little Fibonacci retracement for you off of that three-bar advance. The real question here, the real interpretation about that FDA letter will be whether or not this – I'm using MJ as a guide, but you can go and drill down and look at any of these stocks. Do they take out the lows from last week? Okay? I'm going to blow this up for you so you can see it. Okay? You've gotten almost a complete 100% retracement depending on how you want to draw it. It's somewhere between – three quarters and two thirds of a retracement of that three bar move. And you really want to see this hold. You want to see it turn higher. If it does, then I would say that FDA news is already in the stocks. If it breaks down and takes out this lows, guys, I'm telling you, you, you just can't sit there and hold it because you think it's a great idea. Okay. Stop losses are key in a new investment theme. Okay. Let me repeat that. Stop losses are key in a new investment theme. You want to be tight. If you're buying 
big blue chip stock for a dividend, you might have a bigger stock. You might give it more room, more volatility, collect that yield. You have a blue chip stock. You know, it's a quality company in the right business. And, you know, the, the, the feds add in liquidity like crazy. So you might set your stop a little bit wider. But in an asset like this, you've got to recognize the risk. You take your shot when you think it's right. You put your tight stop in. You see what happens. Eventually, you'll get paid, and you'll have protected capital on the way down so you can live to fight another day. Question. Alcohol damages the liver, too. <laughs> That's true. You're right. Alcohol damages the liver, and it's legal. Um, that's a good point. I mean, so I can't imagine that the FDA would just rule it out. But you never know. I mean, let's go over to Germany now. And this is the other issue, pieces to the puzzle that I don't like, that bother me. Okay? The European Union came out in February and kind of ruled against CBD and said you have to do trials and all this kind of stuff. But none of the states, the European states, actually – came out with a ruling on how to go forward with CBD. Germany did, I think it was last week as well. And I didn't like this because they sided with the pharmaceutical companies. Okay? So that's the issue here for us in the marijuana space and in the hemp space. Is the pharmaceutical lobby stronger than anything else? And will it drive decision-making like it just did in Germany? In order to sell a CBD product, you have to go through a trial. You have to spend millions of dollars to prove efficacy and risk. Okay? And that plays right into the hands of big pharmaceutical companies. So don't be surprised if the FDA comes out on the side of the pharmaceuticals. Right? They might come out and say, look, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to say. My point is, it just happened in Germany. And then the FDA comes out in the same week and says things that sound like it's siding with the pharmaceutical companies. And that would be a very uh, a, a real disappointment. Of course, these stocks would suffer. So we have to watch the reaction to the news. We have to have our stops in place. We have to live to fight another day. Okay. Um, I want to wrap up with the thought here on how I handle the end of the year, my portfolio. A real quick um, refresher for those of you who understand tax loss selling, for those of you who are new to it, let me explain it. If you have $10,000 in losses in your portfolio, you can sell the asset, recognize the loss, hold on to that loss. Okay. If next year you have $10,000 of gains, you don't pay taxes on it. Okay. So a lot of the time people will tax loss sell in December and wash out a group that's been killed. Sometimes that happens in November. This is not an exact science. The rule is very simple. If you sell the asset, you cannot buy it back for 30 days. Otherwise, you don't get the tax loss. 
called a wash sale. There's no reason to be afraid of missing the upside in any asset in your portfolio um, in today's day and age. So if I've got a portfolio, let's say, of my favorite cannabis stocks, I'm not telling you what to do, guys, okay? I'm just sharing with you what a lot of people in the market are doing, and I'm explaining what tax loss selling is. People will sell their individual stocks, and they'll either buy them back in January after 30 days and try it again next year, or you could sell some of those names. You could buy MJ, or you could buy some of the other names, because right now, the whole group's moving together. So you could easily shift out of the stocks that you've lost money in and take your tax loss and shift into stocks in the same space that will go up. If your stocks go up, right? So you won't miss any upside. It's just a simple example. Let's say I owned Canopy Growth. You could sell Canopy Growth, take the loss, and go buy Kronos. You get your tax loss. If the whole group goes up, believe me, Kronos is going up with it. Right? So you make money on your Kronos, and you've captured your tax loss. This happens every year in all kinds of groups that have been destroyed. The group I have my eye on, obviously, is cannabis, but also energy. Both of those groups have been destroyed. And so very often, you will see a remarkable snapback in the month of January. People are dumping at the end of December and early or end of November and early December. 30 days are up, and they're buying back in January. And so you'll see stocks, groups get unduly depressed at the end of the year because of tax loss selling. I say this all the time on the show, but just I want to make sure you all understand how the mechanism works. You get to hold that tax loss and match it against gains in following years. So unless you're in a tax, a non-taxable account like an IRA, where there's no point in doing that, if you're in a taxable account, it just makes sense. And that's why it happens a lot. So you'll see groups that have been down all year get crushed at the end of the year and then rip higher in January. This is not a guarantee that these two groups are going to rip higher in January. I hope you guys understand that. But I'm just saying this is about probabilities and statistics, reward versus risk, and how to manage my personal assets. So I've got my eye on these groups. By the way, they could, they could bottom the first week of December. I don't know. It's not that I go buy them back January 1. It's that I now start looking real close for bottoms, for double bottoms, for bad news to come out, and stocks don't make new lows. And then you know maybe you've got an idea in the crosshairs that could pay off in January. Okay? And I'm sure there's other groups out there like that. The two groups that I'm looking at for that type of a trade cannabis and energy okay all right guys i hope this has been helpful i'll um i'll chat with you again on wednesday uh 11 if you have any questions for me you know let me know on this show certainly like this episode if you liked it ask me questions and i'll try to cover them again on um on wednesday let me see this real quick Oh, there's a uh, 
subscriber there talking about being a pharmacist. I hope you guys see. Okay, maybe they are. They're holding up till they get their ducks in a row. It's possible, right? Make some big acquisitions. Pharmacy will make some big acquisitions in the space. Who knows? But again, all of this is just conjecture. Let's watch the index and see if it holds the lows and see if bad news doesn't put it to new lows. And if we start getting a couple of higher lows and higher highs, then we know probably the tax loss selling's over and the shorts start covering. And that's how you have a bounce back in January. Okay. Anyway, guys, take care. Be safe out there. I'll talk to you on the flip side.